Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by PlayMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. If you listened to our two shows last week, you now should feel pretty confident about the sports betting landscape and some of the best over-unders for the NFC. Well, today we're going to tie a little bow on the season-long over-unders by breaking down the AFC. And with me to do that is Jason Logan, the Senior Managing Editor for Covers. He and everyone there provides outstanding information across the sports betting industry, and you can find him on Twitter at CoversJLo. Jason, thanks so much for joining me today. What's going on? Not too much. I got some in-laws in town, so my house is full of children running around and screaming and uh, trying to get some work done around that. So that's awesome. I'm you know, I'm hoping that this is going to yeah. be the I'm hoping this is going <laughs> to be the first podcast that I do where my kids don't somehow interrupt me because they basically they have like a sixth sense or something about whenever I'm podcasting and they immediately break Abs- my office. Absolutely. I was before we went on here. I was doing television with a t- uh, with a station in San Diego. And my son just comes marching down the stairs with Nerf gun and like laser scope eye things on. Yeah, I was like, ah, you gotta go back. No, that's some good TV. I'd watch that actually if if that happened. (laughs) I was just wait. I was just waiting to catch a Nerf gun to the ear. Absolutely. Well, look, before we get started, I'm sure most people listening probably had the same question I do, which is, how many angry DMs have you gotten from Jennifer Lopez about your use of J Lo in your Twitter handle? Because I, I mean, it's got to be like five or six at this point, right? No, no, not much from him. A lot from Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, a lot from Alex Rodriguez, but not, not, not any from from the actual. Channel. All right, well, that no. that's good to know, I guess. I mean, it's good for you because Franco Harris he emails me like every day, pissed off about the fact <laughs> that I'm using it in my Twitter handle. So, look, you're a big name in the sports betting industry, but before we get into the AFC over unders, I I was hoping you can kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself, how you got into focusing on sports betting, what exactly you do over at Covers, your eight favorite foods, whatever you got. Ooh, I'm a tacos guy, so All right. any type of taco, I'm, I'm in. Soft or hard, doesn't matter. Uh, no, I, I started with covers back in 2005, actually, right before uh, that Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl. So I was somewhat thrown into the fire. I started as what was called a content editor, so we did shift work. So we worked like a 12-hour day, 9 in the morning till 9 at night, and then you'd flip it and work 9 at night till 9 in the morning. We had a 24-hour crew at that time. Um, and then from there, I went on and became a full-time writer. Uh, covered college basketball and baseball in the summer, and then uh, went on to be an associate editor, and then eventually took over the department. So, I mean, in a nutshell, I kind of manage all things content from the creative side. It could be articles, um, it could be our, our video products and podcasts, uh, our social uh, output as well too. So, I kind of have my fingers in a lot of those pies, as well as you know, I work with our product teams and our development teams, our sales and marketing teams. So lots of meetings every day. So when I do when I do get to sit down and ha- and bang out some content around sports betting, it's therapeutic for me. Yeah, your site is great. Uh, I've been I've been checking it out basically all week. You, they've got a ton of stuff over there. Basically, sports betting from from every angle. Uh, so it's really great to check mm-hmm. out. I don't want to you know I don't want to dig too deep and ask you about your age or anything. But is this something that legitimately like did you start when you were a young guy? Did you have a whole <sighs> other profession or anything like that? No, no, I, st- I started with covers. I was probably, I was a year removed from school thinking of going back to school. Um, but in terms of sports betting, I mean, I, I, I'm in Canada, I'm located in Canada and we have a lottery system sports betting. Uh, it's not fantastic. It's a lot of parlays and skewed odds. The returns aren't what they should be, but, um, you know, 18, 18 year old, you don't know the, the ins and outs of that, but I bet a lot of basketball and a lot of baseball. Um, at that time. And then I got the job with covers and then just kind of learned the ins and outs of sports betting and, um, you know, what, what is important and what isn't important in terms of, 
uh, sports betting knowledge versus sports knowledge versus fantasy knowledge because there's a there, there, it's a it's a different scope in which you need to view sports through. Um, you know, people say they're a big sports fan uh, until they kind of step into the sports betting world, and there's so many angles that you just don't think of. Uh, and even to this day, I mean, I've been with covers for almost 14 years here, and uh, still learning things every day, every day. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, my kind of uh, progression through sports betting. It's a great point that you bring up because, you know, I, I talked about it a little bit um, last week with Dustin Goucher, who's uh, a journalist who covers sort of the evolving sports betting landscape in the United States. Yeah, no, I, I know Dustin. I know Dustin. Yeah, we're both yeah Dustin, Dustin's great. But, the, <laughs> you know, the big thing is that, you know, people in the United States, it's just suddenly this whirlwind, right? You get a Supreme Court decision that overturns sort of a, a, a law that says no state can legalize sports betting and now nobody really knows sort of what to do everybody just kind of wants to run out and say great i can bet to the extent their state has legalized it and people don't really fully understand kind of what goes into it and so you know that's kind of what we want to do today and and here at this podcast is to kind of give people uh, a little more guidance as to how to do that so here's what we're going to do today we're going to go division by division in the afc and talk about the over-unders for every team in each division we'll start with the east then the north the south and then the west and we're going to be using the consensus over-unders from bettingpros.com which is basically the aggregate of about of available odds in the market and we'll talk about any that we like or we don't like how's that sound Yeah, it sounds great. All right, good. But before we get into it, you heard at the top of the show that I mentioned that we're brought to you by PlayMGM, and I want to tell you about their new app, PlayMGM Sports. With the PlayMGM Sports app, if you're in New Jersey, you can bet on pretty much any sport you want, including college football, baseball, and of course, the NFL. Now, being able to bet on sports is great, but you know what's better? Being able to bet on sports with a guarantee that you won't lose. That's not a joke. When you use our promo code Harris, your first bet on the PlayMGM Sports app is risk-free up to $100. If you lose, you get your money back. Here's all you need to do. Search PlayMGM Sports in your app store and download the app and use the promo code Harris. That is my last name, or if it makes you feel better about it, the last name of Broncos cornerback Chris Harris Jr. That's it. If you do that, then your first wager, if it is $25 or more and you lose... PlayMGM will refund the wager of up to $100. That is a risk-free bet, guys. And you can deposit and withdraw money from anywhere in the U.S. As for me, when I'm in New York in a couple of weeks, I'm just going to pop over to New Jersey for a hot minute, place my bet, and then get back to business. So just download the PlayMGM app, use the promo code Harris, and head to New Jersey to place your risk-free wager. All right, uh, let's start with the East here, and uh, I'm going to just list the over-unders for each team, and then you can basically tell me which one, if any, stand out to you <laughs> as, sure. as, a good, uh, as a good bet. Uh, the Bills are over-under at six and a half wins. The Dolphins are at five. The Patriots are at 11. And the Jets are at seven and a half. So do any of them stand out to you as particularly good value? Yeah, so I've, I've got two... Uh, with season win total kind of picks at this, I've already previewed the AFC East in one of my articles here. You can find that on covers. And surprisingly enough, the best over win total bet that I thought that was there in the AFC East was the Miami Dolphins. I know, clutch, clutch the pearls, clutch the pearls. Yeah. Four and a half, four is where I'm seeing some of these ones. The, the AFC East really isn't that tough a division. You have the Patriots and then you have everyone else. And Miami really did overachieve last year. Um, you know, with a seven wins, 
really, I think they ranked as the luckiest team. If you saw them play, they scored a lot of big plays on special teams, on defense, on offense, just a lot of kind of fluky plays. They don't get the same soft schedule that they had last year, but because they play in this weaker division, I could see them stealing at least two or three divisional wins here, picking up a couple of co- uh, victories in non-conference play. They play the Giants. They host the Redskins. Those are two weaker teams. And then they have this late season game against Cincinnati in week 16. That's going to be the, the all or nothing game right there. I think that's what it's going to come down to. It, it's more a play against the rest of the AFC East than a play on the Dolphins. And I'm just asking them to be terrible, not horrific, just terrible. Well, I mean, I think the the big point is that five, which is at the consensus over-under, that's the lowest over-under that's available in the game right now, at least on the consensus over-unders. Yeah, a couple I've, of I've, other... I've seen the Dolphins between four, four and a half, five, yeah. so... Yeah, and look, for me, I, I personally, I had no feel for that bet because t- there's just so many questions. Right? You look at last year, and that's fine, but obviously Adam Gase was the head coach. You've got Mm -hmm. new quarterbacks with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen. We don't really know what Brian Fleur is going to be as a head coach, right? I mean, he's already driving us nuts with the whole Kalen Balazs and Kenyon Drake, although Drake, of course, got injured um, and is in a walking boot right now. And the defense is is largely the same, which was kind of mediocre. And now they're probably going to switch to a different system. So for me, I, I agree that if I was forced to choose one, I would go over. But I had just little feel for it because I feel like there's just a lot of question marks surrounding what the team's going to look like this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the Dolphins always have those games too, where they surprise you. All of a sudden, they they come out of nowhere. They've they've played the Patriots very tough. at home. At home, the yeah. Patriots always seem to struggle in Miami. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if they can, all they need to do is just steal a couple extra games, and uh, and they'll have people sweating. I think that game against Cincinnati in Week 16 is going to be the uh, the 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 tiebreaker for that one. Yeah, certainly Cincinnati is a team that you look at on the schedule and you get pretty excited about if you're an opposing team. For me, the game that stuck out. With the uh, I'm sorry, the team at the uh, that stuck out for me were the Bills at six and a half, and, and I like mm-hmm. the over here. Now it's not anything where I I think they're going to win ten games or anything like that, but they strike me as much more of a 500 team. There's still a lot of question marks, uh, you know, around them. They don't have a great pass rush. It's really Jerry Hughes and and not much else. Mm-hmm. There are major accuracy accuracy concerns. Uh, with Josh Allen. And, you know, he's not going to be, I don't think, the type of Lamar Jackson quarterback, because although he had a ton of rushing yards, they were mostly scrambles last year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as if they're going to do that system that they did in, uh, that they're going to do in Baltimore. But it, the thing for me is that they've, they've just made a few changes that I really like. They've added a lot to their offensive line. It's not going to be an elite unit, but I think it's going to be pretty, pretty improved. The run game should do enough. They've, you know, nothing's outstanding there, but they've got a lot of depth with LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore and Devin Singletary and TJ Yeldon. If he makes the team, they added John Brown. So now they have another deep threat. And although Josh Allen is not accurate whatsoever, he can throw the deep ball with pretty much the best of them. And with their defense, look, they don't have great pass rush, but they're solid at linebacker. They've got Tredavious White. So for me, you mentioned the schedule. They won six games last year and they open at the Jets, at the Giants, and home against the Bengals. They could easily be 3-0 and after the first three games. They've got the two games against Miami. They've got a home game against Washington. And late in the season, Buffalo is a really tough place to play. You know, that, that crowd is crazy. It's going to be freezing. It's going to be hostile. I think they're more like an eight-win team. So for me, the over at 6.5 is really the one bet that stood out to me as good value. 
I'm gonna say you're wrong. I'm gonna say you're wrong on that. One. Well, I'm going, I, with, the, I, I'm going yep. with the Bills. I'm going with the Bills under. I have some right. fans in the Bills mafia that I'm sure they're setting up the tables to like power bomb me through the psychopaths. I'm gonna go under here. Josh Allen was at his best, just like you said, when he was running for his life. And that's not what you want from your young QB. This rushing attack is terrible. I said in I said in my preview, they have there's less tread on the tires of this rushing attack than there is in a Walmart shopping cart. You got LaShawn <laughs> McCoy, Frank Orr, maybe TJ Yeldon. They've got the young kid out of what Florida Atlantic. He's been all right there in his one, you know, preseason appearance. You mentioned late season with the Bills, and home might not be an issue for them, but the back end of this schedule is a bastard of a schedule. They play five of their final eight games away from home. And they struggled last year. They went two and six as visitors last season. I like the defense, but I don't think it's enough to make up for just a lack of offense. And I look at their wide receivers there too. They have uh, what Brown and Cole, Cole Cole Beasley. There's there's no one there that really gets me excited. No one there that that's it's it's not pushing me over. I think the Bills are overhyped. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a fade the public play here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go under the win total. Yeah, the public is definitely uh, in favor of the Bills going over as am I and you know look I'm going to keep this podcast going but that's, that's <laughs> a, you know, right off the bat where we're going up uh, against each other and look I agree the end the end of the year schedule yes they are on the road they have a lot of tough games towards the end at Dallas at Pittsburgh at the Patriots but you know they're they're at Miami as well they're home against Denver they're home against the Jets those are certainly winnable games and as I mentioned the beginning of the year I think they're going to be able to kind of make a little uh, run here you know at the Jets at the Giants and home against the Bengals so for me I that's the it, it was What's funny is that that is the one bet in the East that I really felt good about. So I'd be interested. You mentioned you said maybe two that you had a, another one other than the Dolphins in the AFC. Oh, East, or was it, that it? it was it was the Dolphins and then my and then it was my Bills under. That was my, oh, my, you are the, the worst. I, I the podcast. <laughs> we're we're gonna all right. Well, let me ask. Obviously, neither one of us feels particularly confident. But is there anything um, you know on the Patriots that you're you're necessarily thinking about or the Jets or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I really like the Jets. I think they're going to be a great against the spread bet this year. Uh, I think they're going to be a great over bet this year. Uh, I think Le'Veon Bell is the ultimate wild card, especially when you look at things like third uh, third down conversions. Look how terrible the Jets were last year. And then if you look what the Pittsburgh Steelers did when they had Bell out there, and he was that big target on on some of those third downs, um, they were fantastic. They're converting converting third downs at like 44 and 46%. I think it's going to keep the chain moving uh, for this for this Jets team, and um, I think uh, I like Sam Darnold in his second season. I like their big burly receiving core when they're healthy too. I mean, they got some big bodies out there, and uh, they did did some improvement on the offensive line too. So I I really like the Jets' uh, offense. I don't know. I think their season win total. What's what's their season win total? What do you got? It seven at? and seven and a half. Seven and a half. I uh, yeah. I see them. Let as me tell. Like I see them I'm, as. I'm I kind of see them as a seven and nine team. Which yeah, is which is a, which is a huge improvement. That's three three more wins than what they had last year. I see I see them as a, as kind of a seven or nine team. I'm not I'm not jumping in. I am a Jets fan, unfortunately. Um, and if you gave them <laughs> if you gave them a legitimate group of cornerbacks, if you gave them anything out there, uh, I would I would buy the over without hesitation. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because I really like you know I like their front seven. I think everything you said about. Darnold is good. I feel good about Le'Veon Bell. They've got depth at running back too, right? With Trenton Cannon and and Ty Montgomery and Elijah McGuire. It's the cornerback position is so thin. That, I mean, it, it's really something where, frankly, they get 
even one more injury, and I don't even know who necessarily is going to be out there. Tremaine Johnson is already dealing with his injuries. So, you know, I look at their schedule. It kind of seems to me seven and a half is exactly right. It's going to be seven or it's going to be eight. I will be really surprised if it's going to be anything more than that. Um, and mm-hmm. speaking of the Jets, by the way, just because we're on it, I do want to mention, I I, I mentioned uh, play MGM earlier. Yep. They have a preposterous promotion right now for Thursday's preseason game between the Jets and the Falcons that I just want to mention. They have something called an odds boost for new players, and, and it's really absolutely insane. If you place a $1 money line wager on the Jets to beat the Falcons in Thursday night preseason game, you're going to get paid at 100 to 1 odds if the Jets score a point. You got that? You place a $1 bet on the Jets to win. And even if the Jets lose, you get a 100 to 1 payout so long as they score a point. That is nuts. And if that's not good enough for you, if you place a $1 money line wager on either the Jets to beat the Falcons on Thursday or the Giants to beat the Bears on Friday at a standard odds price, and if either team wins, you win 100 to 1 odds on your bet. So you've got the Jets scoring a point, you win 100 to 1 odds on your dollar. If the Jets or Giants win, you get 100 to 1 odds on your dollar. This is for new players only, but here's all you have to do. Download the Play MGM Sports app, which you were going to do anyway, and use our promo code Harris. Sign up and deposit at least $10, and you place your $1 bet done. And Play MGM is going to be doing things like this often, which is just another reason why you should be downloading the app and using it anytime you're in New Jersey. So let's just close shop really quickly on the Patriots. Look, I I don't think you can analyze the Patriots like a normal team because they're just the Patriots. They haven't finished with fewer than 11 games, which is their over-under mark since 2009. I would Mm -hmm. view them as probably about 11 without doing any real analysis because I don't think real analysis works with the Patriots because they're just not normal. So I would stay far away from this one. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's it's one of these things. I, I always look out for the Patriots to start slow in the year. Sometimes they'll go like two and two out of the gate or one and one and three out of the gate, or they'll drop two of their first three games and everyone loses their mind and then the odds adjust and stuff like that. But it's it's a bit of a different season this year. No Gronk, a lot of new faces in the receiving core. So I I, I want to see if Brady gets any snaps over the preseason. It was weird. I, last year, last preseason, he played a ton. In this preseason, he hasn't. I don't expect him to play much at all, but he needs those reps with the new wide receivers. And I think we're going to get a healthy dose of Sony Michelle. I think I think you're going to see a lot more leaning on him, much like they did through at the postseason last year. Um, but again, it's you know the Patriots. I think they just have to make the playoffs. I think that's just their main focus. They don't care about kind of the final total as long as they make the playoffs and they get in. Yeah, I I just I, you know I, I look at their roster. I don't feel particularly great about it without. Gronk and I just think it doesn't matter I you know mm-hmm. I I really I just feel like at the end they're probably going to be 11 and 5 so I I'm personally not going to go anywhere near them um either over under and if, if I was forced to do something I'd probably just take the push so that's where I'd be all right let's move on <laughs> to the uh let's move on to the AFC North you've got the Ravens at eight and a half you've got the Bengals at five and a half the Browns at nine and a half and the Steelers at nine so which one of those is your favorite if any uh, so I got, I got two here that I do like. I like the Cincinnati Bengals over. You were just talking so much against them, man. I, no, no, no. I just said the Jets play Cincinnati in week 16, and that could be the game in which it decides, or not the Jets, the, the, the Dolphins, the, the Dolphins play. Sorry. Yes. The Dolphins play them in week 16. That could be the deciding sweated out game for those season win total betters. I didn't say they were going to lose the game. <laughs> all but, right. All right. Uh, what, what do you got their season win total? I've seen a six out there. What do you got? I've got it at five and a half. So you're going to like it even more. 
Well, hell yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, they they do find themselves in one of the softer schedules here. Twenty seventh toughest schedule for Cincinnati. Um, they didn't get much of a test there in 2018, but they just had so many injuries up and down, especially on the offense. It seemed like every week they were losing someone, and it seems like already the injury bug is still biting. AJ Green's going to miss at least six weeks here. Uh, they started the season really strong last year, too. They came out, they won four of their first five, and then all those missing pieces started kind of biting them in the ass. Marvin Lewis is finally gone. Uh, I think Taylor is a nice breath of fresh air here. You know, I will he do the same Sean McVay magic? I don't know about that. But I really like Cincinnati's team on paper. I like this offense on paper. Uh, I love Tyler Boyd, the way he stepped up last year. And I love Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon might be a sleeper. I have him in my one of my sleeper picks to win the rushing title this year. I think he's a fantastic running back. Uh, they did some improving on the offensive line. And um, I, they play other teams in this division really, really tough. Yeah, and frankly, you look at the rest of their schedule, it's not terrible. I mean, they get Oakland. You mentioned yep. Miami. They get Arizona. Uh, five mm-hmm. and a half wins is low. I just don't have a great feel for it because I really don't know what it's going to look like with Taylor's system. And again, the Jonah Williams injury uh, on the offensive line, I think, really, mm-hmm. really hurts. Um, so for me, that that was that was one where I just didn't have a great feel for it. It feels like between uh, five uh, and six wins, which is why it's at five and a half. So I really I, I didn't have a great sense for me. I, I really feel pretty confident in the Ravens under eight and a half, which probably means you're going to be like, oh, I feel great about the Ravens over. No, no, I, I agree. I agree with you on the Ravens. I'm yeah, not totally I mean, sold on the, on the Ravens. Um, you, you go ahead and then I'll see if there's anything. Yeah, and, and no problem. I mean, look, to me, we know that the question marks on offense because, you know, they're basically they've got Lamar Jackson, at quarterback. You don't really know what it's going to look like. I really think that you need that defense to be top notch. And I just don't really think that it's going to be. I think they've lost too many pieces with Darius Smith and Brent Urban, CJ Mosley and Terrell Suggs. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know how the front seven is going to play. I don't really know if we're going to be able to rely on Marlon Humphrey again being an elite cornerback and Jimmy Smith and Brandon Carr getting a little long in the tooth. So the defense for me, it just doesn't really get me too excited and with the offense I know Greg Roman knows how to run the system but you know you saw what happened in that playoff game against the Chargers Mm -hmm. Um, it's just not really a style that I think is necessarily something that can work over the long term and you know the NFC North other than maybe the Bengals is going to be tough and then they get the NFC West which means they've got to play in Seattle they've got to go up against the Rams and they are one of the teams that goes to play in Buffalo at the end of the season so for me I I can see a path to nine wins. If if they won nine, I wouldn't fall down on the floor. I don't really see a path to 10 wins, which means basically to lose the bet, you've got to basically thread that needle and I would be mm-hmm. willing to risk it. So Baltimore under eight and a half is the one that really stuck out to me in the NFC North. In the yeah, AFC, I think yeah, sorry. yeah, I think you're on the right track with Baltimore too. And, and sometimes too, I mean, they did have a good defense last year, but a lot of it too was because they ran the football and they chewed up the clock. So that defense was not on the field that much at all. And any time that they did have any weaknesses, they weren't really exposed on it. Uh, Roman says he's completely revamping this playbook uh, after what we saw the Bolts do to them, run what, seven seven defensive backs out with that quarter defense yeah, and absolutely destroy them, just put a lot of speed out there and, and that snuffed out the running attack and a lot of kind of forced uh, Jackson to pass the ball, which he's not comfortable doing. I don't think you can win games by running the ball like that anymore. Not in this NFL and especially if they do find themselves, if the defense is weak and they find themselves behind, I don't think they have the firepower to catch up quickly. I think that's exactly it. I, I think in the end, they are just not suited to score a ton of points in any game. And I just don't see the defense as being the type of defense that's going to be able to allow them to kind of play up like that. Now, Roman did it 
of course, with Kaepernick. Um, but I, I feel like Kaepernick was, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't know about Jackson. I don't know exactly what to expect from him necessarily mm-hmm. as a passer, but you know, Kaepernick, they were able to run it in San Francisco. So maybe he can, but I'm just but, not But if you saw, it's, it's almost a similar situation that you saw from Colin Kaepernick in that year with the 49ers where he came in and it was this completely new generation of quarterback, almost the same way Jackson last year came in and it was just such a change in direction that it it threw other defenses off uh, off their game, and they, you know it finally took until that wild card round game for for the Chargers to figure it out. Uh, very kind of similar situations. Yeah, I think with more tape on this on this offense now, I think defenses are are going to have a leg up, and I'm just not confident in in their passing game. Yeah, um, I completely agree with you there. Okay, what about the Browns at nine and a half or the Steelers at nine? Do you like yeah. or dislike either one of those? I'm going under Browns. The Browns have been the most public team of the offseason. I mean, you look at their divisional futures, you look at their Super Bowl odds, you look at, I heard you hiss, I heard you suck your teeth on that one. You're like, <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, and I, th- I think their numbers are a little bit inflated because of that. I, you know, I, Baker Mayfield is an exciting young quarterback. Yeah, the guy shotgunning beers at Tribe Games. It's awesome. Oh, they got OBJ in there. Yeah, that's awesome. However, he is still a second-year quarterback, and I think as teams get more tape on him, you're going to see some things catch up with him over time. And the expectations are are, are huge. What is the season win total of nine? I've got it at nine and a half. Nine and a half, which is a massive jump. I think they had a season win total of what six or. Five or something last year, which no, was, they were which se- was, they were seven, eight, and one. They were seven, were eight, they? one. Yeah, but no, but their season win total, the original oh, 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 win yeah, total, yeah, oh, yes, yes, original yes, wins, and that's a and that's a huge that's a huge jump. And then also two teams like the, the Browns aren't going to catch teams off guard anymore. People aren't going to look at the Browns and say, "Oh, that's a cupcake game," and look past them. Especially when you got Mayfield, you know he loves to get in front of the microphone. You got OBJ, you know he's going to be running his mouth. And then once they get Kareem Hunt out there, there's going to be a lot of people that want to smack that guy in the mouth as well. I think the Browns have a big target on their back. I think people are going to come for them. I think people are going to love to shut them up. And again, this is this is a division where the rivalries will run deep. The blood is is very 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 hot so uh yeah i don't think that I, I i'm not on the browns over win total i think they'll be i think they'll be a good team but i'm not jumping on them. i think it's a bit of a public inflated okay look i i you did hear correctly um but i'm not sitting here saying oh i love the browns at over nine and a half not not anywhere close I, the browns it, for all the reasons that you said they give me a really really uneasy feeling and it, it's basically when the public buys in so much and gets so excited i i always just naturally i'm sort of like okay well you know let, let's take a step back here but yeah i look closely at the team and it's really hard for me to kind of dislike them and and if i if i was forced to i this is one i would stay away from um i would not take the over but if i was forced to i think i probably would take the over again i i get everything with mayfield but they've added old l beckham jr uh, the mm-hmm. offensive line is improved the defense is going to be really solid overall you the, know Steve- the, def- the defense is going to be disruptive like they were last year they're going to be disruptive they'll get their big sacks and they're going to get their takeaways and stuff like that but they are going to give up big plays I don't think this defense is going to be an elite unit by any means. Yeah, I, I I think I'm probably a little more bullish on them than you are. I don't think they're going to be elite, but I think they're going to be pretty solid. I mean, the, the, you know, up front with Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson. I love Denzel Ward. Greedy Williams is solid. They've got pretty solid linebackers. I, I'm going to like it. I think they can really stay in most games. I, the biggest thing, the NFC North, like you said, they just beat the heck out of each other. That, yeah. I, the AFC North, I keep saying NFC, sorry. Yeah. They, they beat the heck out of each other. And so you could easily win or lose any game 
that you see them play at any given time. And I do think that you make a good point. I, I'm sure everybody's going to hate Mayfield, and I'm sure oh, everybody's yeah. going to be gunning. And it, here's and here's another here's another thing to consider here. And this may be a bit of a stretch, but these guys play five of their first eight games on the road in 2019. If they start dropping a few wins here or a few games that they should have won, guys like Beckham, guys like Mayfield, you know, someone's going to say something stupid. All that confidence, all that swagger could just get sucked out of the locker room pretty quickly. So I think I think if I think if Cleveland can survive the first half of the season, get through it without imploding with all those egos in the locker room. Uh, and, and I hope they do it. I, I, I would love to see Cleveland do well. I think they're, they're such a fun team right now. But uh, that's one thing that I kind of have my eye on there is that they're going to be they're going to be pushed right out of the gate. And uh, let's see if they crumble underneath that pressure. No, it is a fair point. Although, again, I mean, some of their road games, I mean, at the Jets, at Baltimore, fine. I mean, of course, at San Francisco. I mean, it's not it's not a murderer's row there to start the season. But you're right. And they're probably expected to win and not get off to a terrible start. And if they do, you never know what's going to happen. When That's you right. You drop a few games. You drop a few games that, you know, the, the Browns could be kind of browning some people. They could be like, <laughs> oh, we got this one. Oh, we got this one. And, right. then, you know, the Browns end up smacking them in the mouth like they kind of yeah. did last year with a lot of teams. So Now, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. But if I had to. I personally would still take the over a 9.5. How about the Steelers at 9? Any feeling on that one? I do like the Steelers this year. I I, I think the Steelers, I, I like the pick of the, the Steelers to win this division. Um, I think, you know, departure of Antonio Brown is playing into this perception where the Steelers have maybe fallen off in the AFC uh, North. Uh, Cleveland looks great. Baltimore is the reigning division champ. I think Roethlisberger is still an elite passer. He led the league in yards last year. I think Smith-Schuster is fantastic. I think James Washington is going to be a fantastic uh, wide receiver as well, too. James Conner proved that that he's a suitable replacement there. Maybe not the same runner as Le'Veon Bell, but a, a suitable replacement for the running game. Um, they have a fantastic defensive line. They tied for the league in sacks last year. There's a lot of still very, very good things with Pittsburgh. They're very tough at home. Uh, it's tough to go into Heinz Field and take a win from them. And I think I think Roethlisberger and Tomlin both have a lot to prove this season. I think Roethlisberger has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder saying, you know what? Yeah, I lost my two for best playmakers, but here's what I can do. And then Tomlin, you know, Tomlin got the courtesy extension before the preseason. But, the, you know, this guy's still playing for his job, too. Yeah, certainly motivation is going to be a factor. Uh, Roethlisberger makes me a little nervous, uh, just, of course, his age, but his efficiency historically has been really down without Brown. But I agree, it's it's hard to doubt this team, right? They, they're just very consistent. They do it pretty much every year. I don't. I would not feel great about the over um, at all. I would stay away from this one. But if you had to bet, you're saying you would go with the over, right? Yeah, I'm going to go with the over here. I like them. Win. It's going to be a competitive division. Uh, yeah. Over nine, so they got to get 10. Yeah, I could see them. You right. can see them I, there. I, I mean, if I if I had to pick, I, my guess is they're going to push. So I'd probably stay away from it. But either way, it's certainly not a terrible bet. Yeah. Um, before we move on to the AFC South, I do want to remind everyone about our August contest. We are giving away a signed Christian McCaffrey Panthers helmet from our good friends at Pristine Auction. All you need to do to be entered into the contest is to leave a review for the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. That's it. At the end of August, we're going to randomly select a winner. And I'm going to remind you here, this is a new podcast. This is our third episode. You're not looking at thousands of competitors here for this prize just yet. The contest takes like two minutes to enter, and you have a legitimate chance to win an autographed Christian McCaffrey helmet. Just make sure to send in a screenshot of your review to contest at bettingpros.com on or before August 31st to be entered. 
All right, let's go to the south here. And, you know, unfortunately, we're in a little bit of a holding pattern here with the Andrew Luck injury, mm-hmm. where it's now some sort of high ankle thing, you know, not just his calf. So it sounds like his availability for the opener could even be in doubt. It makes thinking about the over-under for the Colts in particular, but really all the teams a little difficult. But let's go through it. So Vegas sees this as a pretty even division overall. The Texans are at eight and a half wins. The Colts are at nine and a half. The Jaguars are at eight and the Titans are at eight. So which one of these stands out to you as the best bet? We should kind of prefix this and say all these teams were at these odds because there's plenty of sports books now that are pulling down, especially the Colts. The Colts, I think, I believe are off the board. Of I've course. seen a few other books as well take the, take the entire division off the board. And, and so I think that's the smart move here because if luck is not there for week one or even if he misses a few games here, I mean, we, we've, we've seen firsthand knowledge over the last two years how good this team can be with luck and how bad it can be without luck. Brissett is a serviceable QB, but he's not luck. Teams aren't going to treat him as such. You know, it was 10. Uh, it opened nine and a half at some places, too. Yep. So a lot of people are very high on the Colts. Um, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's let's imagine that we're two weeks later and luck has been fully cleared. And so everything is going to be at these numbers as if luck is good to go for the yeah. opener. All right. Texans eight and a half. Colts nine and a half, Jaguars eight, Titans eight. What do you think? Easy, <sighs> now you put me up against the spot there. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll go first if you want. You, you want yeah, yeah, please yeah, yeah. jump, jump okay, through that, that wall. No, no, no problem. Okay, so I, I like to look at things as if let, let's just look because look, if luck is hurt and you know mm-hmm. we can't you can't make any bets, then we are where we are. We can just skip the entire division. For me, I'll just look at it if luck gets cleared and if he's mm-hmm. not going to miss a game and if he's fine then really the one i like is the colts which opened at nine and a half. i mean they, mm-hmm. they're basically an elite team on every in every sense of the word right frank reich's one of the best coaches luck is elite hilton is elite the offensive line is elite they've added devin funches and paris campbell they've got marlon back and naeem hines the defense was fantastic down the stretch it is a tough schedule but this is a super bowl contender if they're healthy so if luck is healthy at this point and again if he's not you just stay away from everything and again you mentioned it they've vegas has pulled a lot of sports book has have pulled any of these over-unders, but especially for the Colts. But if he's healthy at nine and a half, I would jump all over that. Yeah, I, I have to agree there. I really love Marlon Mack too, as as a complimentary to a uh, complimentary piece to what what Locke and Hilton can do with a passing game. I like Funchess; that gives him a bigger target, a little uh, a different kind of dynamic for his receiving game. And then their defense was was very very good there towards the end of last year. I guess I would I, at nine and a half. Yeah, I'll go over that. I like the little hook rather than sitting dead on the ten. Yeah. Yeah. How about anybody else in this division? Anybody jump out at you as good uh, value? You know, I I'm not I'm not going to poo poo Tennessee here. Um, I've seen I've seen their season win total around eight. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys have there? Eight. Round eight. So I mean, this was very close to being a, a playoff team last year. Uh, they had that stupid week one game in Miami that lasted forever. <laughs> Um, you know, had they won that game, they might have, they probably would have been in the playoffs. Uh, Mariota got hurt towards that, the, heading into that week 17, that final game against Indianapolis. Uh, Jarrell Casey was also out for that game. So, so, so two very important players on either side of the ball, both out for that. This is year two under Vrabel. I expect the chemistry and cohesion to be a little, little better. I've, I've never been a Matt LaFleur fan. I don't think the offense changes too much with Arthur Smith in there being the tight ends coach and kind of not wanting to mix stuff around. But, I've never been a big Lafleur fan. I, I'm not a big fan of him going to to Green Bay. I'm not expecting big things from them. I think this defense is the heart and soul of the team. Could be the best defense in the division. They gave up just under 19 points per game last year. They're solid at just about every single level of that defense. And like I said, year two under Vrabel, 
the chemistry comes together. I think Tennessee could could come in. I like their over eight. Yeah, you know, I I don't like anybody in this division. I mean, even assuming luck is is healthy and and everything stayed where it is, I just well, they, the only they one all, I like. They all play us. The schedule the schedule for everyone scares you off because even Houston, even Houston on paper, looks like a good team when they're healthy, but. You look at that strength of schedule and, and the, the switch in strengths of schedule where, you know, they played a cupcake schedule last year and now they're, you know, getting fed to the belly of the beast here. Yeah. It, that, uh, I mean, they've yeah. got to go. They've got to go to New Orleans. You know, they've got to go play against the Chargers. They play, mm-hmm. you know, they, because the NFC South, it's going to be a good division. That's who they mm-hmm. drew, you know, Atlanta and Carolina. They they do not have an easy schedule. That's the point. You know, all of the, they're basically everyone's going to be around eight wins. And I think that's exactly right. So I, I, I just kind of, you know, and the Titans, I agree completely about their defense. I really like it. I just, man. I'm so down on Mariota at this point. He's just so inconsistent. You know, Corey Davis has been a bit of a disappointment. I know, you know, they, they've added Adam Humphreys. They drafted A.J. Brown. Derrick Henry's already dealing with injuries. I just, I don't know. It strikes me as eight is the right number, frankly. So I'm yeah. not really sure. The, the thing I'm hoping that they do with Mariota is kind of, you know, let him be creative. The best the best that Mariota is is when he's, he's in these two-minute drills where he's able to come up to the line, call it, make the plays that he wants to play, play a little bit of schoolyard football. LaFleur didn't really necessarily allow him to do that. Uh, the same way he's kind of clamping down on Aaron Rodgers a little bit, and, and sometimes you're hearing a little bit of the pushback there. Uh, I, I would love to see Mariota be able to to kind of freestyle it a little bit up there because well, that's, that's when he plays his best football. Well, let's hope they do it, right? Do we, don't, do we know what Arthur Smith is going to be doing, you know, with the offense? I mean, that's the one thing I no, think they may. He said, he said, he said well, here, you're coming from a tight ends coach. So he says they want to be physical and they're right. going to look for a lot of Derrick Henry, a lot of rushing. Um, but, I mean, that's only going to get you so far. Uh, but outside of that, I don't see it changing all too much. But I, I would like to see them kind of loosen – Loosen up on Mariota and let him and let him have some let him have some fun out there because that's that's when he really does damage. Yeah, I think that's fair. And anything quickly on the Jaguars, you have a feel for them at eight wins. Mm, if yeah, this defense, if the if they can if if the defense can be dangerous like they were two years ago, not last year, and that was a big thing that was missing for this team last year is that they just weren't a dangerous team. They were a good defense. You know, in the trenches, they were fairly good defense, but they didn't have the takeaways. They didn't have those big game-changing plays. Uh, just look at that, their takeaways from last year compared to the 2017 season. Big, big difference. I think if they can find that danger element on defense, and then Nick Foles, I, I, Nick Foles is just an automatic um, <laughs> improvement over Bortles. I you mean, would I, be an could, automatic improvement over hey Bortles. Hey, man, I like can that. sling it, brother. I'm I sure. I'm Yeah, I'm like... Uh, Vinny Testaverde. I guess. <laughs> I'm trying not... to think of my. I'm getting up there in age now. Vinny yeah, Testaverde no. would be an improvement. Trust me. Uh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't I, say that too loud. Vinny Testaverde will. will uh, start... Look. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a Jets fan. All right, Vinny's like my hero. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm I'm uh, a Cowboys fan, so we kind of got his 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 gray years. I, I think you know. For me, I I'm kind of irrationally fond of the Jaguars this year. I like a lot of what they did. I expect the defense to be better. And again, like you said, Nick Foles is an upgrade because anybody would be an upgrade. And they've got a pretty pretty decent depth at wide receiver. And I think um, uh, Fournette is, pr- you know, he's slimmed down. He's probably going to be good. But when you look at their schedule, I just, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. there's like eight losses that just jump. You know, if luck is healthy, you know, they've got two against the Colts. They got the Chiefs, the Saints, the Chargers. The, you know, they play in Carolina, in Atlanta. They'll probably split against the Texans. That's eight losses right there. So it's really hard. I'd love to be able to take the over. But, you know, assuming that luck is healthy, it's just not something that I'd be able to pull the trigger on. So, 
Yeah. All right, let's let's move on here to uh, the West, our final division. We've got the Broncos at six and a half, the Chiefs at ten, the Raiders at six, and the mm-hmm. Chargers at nine and a half. So do any of those jump out to you as good value? Yeah, I guess I'm going to go Kansas City under. What did you have, ten and a half for Kansas City? Just ten. Just ten. Well, I've seen some ten and a halves out there as well, too. Tough start to the season here. They play three of their first four games on the road. Again, this is a team that caught a lot of people by surprise last season. Definitely not going to be able to do that this year. The home games they do get here in the first six weeks are against some some pretty tough teams. You get Baltimore, Indianapolis, and Houston, all of which were playoff teams in 2018. And then the schedule is backloaded with road games as well. They play four of their final seven away from home uh, with stops in New England and Chicago there. I think that it's going to be a, it's going to be a sweaty finish to the season for anyone that bets the over or the under on this total. But, um, I mean, I have, I have full faith in Mahomes. I just think that it's going to be tougher sledding for them. They're going to get everyone's best. They're not going to get, uh, you know, five or six weeks of, of grace where they kind of surprised teams last year. No, I think all of those are really good points. It, it's a tough line at 10. I mean, I think that's what you said. Either side, you're going to be sweating it out. So one of the things we do uh, at Betting Pros, if you go on and you look at a consensus over under and you click analysis, you can see every expert that it has made picks, what they've picked. And 24% have gone over, 10% have gone under, and 67% have it as a push at 10, mm. which frankly, that's basically exactly where I am. I mean, and that's, by the way, one of the things that, that you know, we love about the site is that's kind of what it does. You can see generally where everybody who's submitting picks is mm-hmm. on any given game. So at 10, 10 strikes me at the number. I think if I had to mm, at 10 and a half, I would probably feel better about the under at, at 10. I, I'd i probably go push. I mean, I think you make a lot of great points. I just, I don't really see value either way. If, if yeah. you know what I mean, and, and, and we saw, we saw defenses finally catch up with this team towards the back end of 2018. They, they, especially if you measure up against the spread, they just kind of went from a, a cash cow to not covering at all because one, the public did adjust to it, but uh, and the betting markets adjusted to it, but the uh, defense has had a lot more tape on Mahomes. He was somewhat of an unknown uh, commodity at that point. Right. And so they were able, I mean, the guy's fantastic and he's going to have another fantastic year, but it is interesting to see the difference of what they can do or what they can't do with a Kareem, Kareem Hunt. And the Tyree Kill thing, that was one thing like I was ready to, to really go under on them when Hill was Hill suspension was up in the air. Um, now that he's back, you know, that's why we're kind of stuck on the 10. Maybe that's why everyone's stuck on 10 now. Right. And, you know, I think it's a, it's a really simple sort of explanation. But the bottom line is it is really hard in the NFL to win 11 games. I, mm-hmm. I know the Patriots do it every single year, but it's just not. I mean, you look at the Chiefs, you're like, oh, well, you know, they've got to win 11 games. That's a really high number. Um, it's a really tough thing to do. So uh, 10 strikes me as right around the number um, that they're going to be at. For me, my best bet, and it, it seems a little silly basically at this point to do it, but it would be the Raiders under six wins. Um, they've got a couple of of interesting things here. Antonio Brown is going to play. Um, you know, they've got Tyrell Williams, Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. and Hunter Renfro, and they've added LaMarcus Joyner to the defense. So maybe they will improve off the four and 12. But I mean, look, Look at the schedule, and that's really what it is, okay? They open at home against the Broncos and the Chiefs. I'll be generous, and I'll give them the win against the Broncos, okay? Their next five weeks at Minnesota, at Indianapolis, home against Chicago, by 
at Green Bay and at Houston. That's four of their next five games on the road against good teams and a home game against the Bears. I'm having a hard time seeing a win there. And then you look at the rest of the schedule. They're home against the Lions. I'll give them that. They're home against the Chargers. That's going to be a loss. They're home against the Bengals. I'll give them that. They're at the Jets. I'll give them that. Then they're at the Chiefs. That's a loss. That is four wins so far with four games to play. They're not going to win in Los Angeles against the Chargers. So to come in over the six wins, they've got to win the other three games left. That means that they need to beat Tennessee at home. They need to beat Jacksonville at home, and they need to beat Denver on the road. I don't see them possibly winning those three games. And I think you mentioned it earlier with another team. You can see Antonio, I think the Browns, you can see Antonio Brown mentally checking out if this team gets off to a one and six start, right? So for me, this is just strikes me as a disastrous year for the Raiders, and I could I could see them easily coming in under. So that's my favorite one. Yeah, there's a lot of new faces in that receiving core, too, that they have to fit in and, and get chemistry very, very quickly with Derek Carr as well, and, and I think they're off to a slow start for them. Uh, I like the under on Denver for this one here. Uh, under, uh, what do you guys have, seven? I've got six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah, I, I like the under with them. I can see them getting like they they might be able to get four wins at home this season. Then it's kind of like, oh, okay, they're halfway there. But the road schedule is just wretched outside of week one at Oakland. And even then you're saying Oakland goes in and and beats beats Denver. Right. Uh, And then they have week 12 at Buffalo. But then like where do the other four wins come from? It's it's a it's a it's a really tough run for them. Fangio brings some changes, but I'm not really I mean, don't think anyone's really buying into a Flacco led offense. Uh, even if they run the ball two out of every three snaps, you just, you, like I said earlier, you can't compete in a pass first league, especially in this division, um, where, you know, teams are going to put up a ton of points. You can't, you can't do that with, without being able to pass the football confidently and stretch it in opposing defense. It's just not going to happen. So I, I, I like the under there for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I agree. That was the second one that I I would like. Again, my favorite's the Raiders. If I had to do another one, it would be the Broncos under six and a half. And really, for all the reasons that you mentioned, I mean, look, if Emmanuel Sanders comes back and is, in fact, healthy by week one, then more power to him. But I just really don't think you want to rely on Joe Flacco, which but is does it matter? Does it right. matter if no. it doesn't matter? You could, you might be able to have Antonio Brown out there, and if Joe Flacco is your quarterback, <laughs> right. you might not be able to get it to him. Now, really, but what you pointed out it's the schedule. I mean, it, it is a really really tough schedule for the AFC West. They draw the NFC North and the AFC South. You know, mm-hmm. and again, they're in they're the team that's in Buffalo late in the season. That's a really really tough game to win. So yeah. I agree, six and a half is under anything. But, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, just look at the road games there. Like, uh, so they're they're at Oakland. That's maybe a win there. Uh, at Green Bay, always tough to play. At the Chargers, at Indy, at Minnesota, at Buffalo again, and and towards the end of November. So, like you said, cold weather, crappy place to play. They're at Houston, at Kansas City, yeah, and uh, that's yeah, it. That's some, yeah, that's, that is. I don't know where else they're going to find any wins. No, I agree. It's a it's a really, really, really difficult schedule, particularly the breakdown, as you said, between the home and away game. So it's certainly not something that I would be uh, super excited about uh, if I could, but I would go uh, for the under there. And how about the final team, the Chargers? They're at nine and a half in the consensus odds. Yeah, Chargers. Chargers are a tough one. Chargers last year, I wasn't really sold on the Chargers. I was waiting with bated breath to bet against the Chargers in the playoffs. Now, I did take them against Baltimore in that uh, in that wild card round, but then when they played the Patriots, I knew they were going to expose. I I just saw last year that they played a lot of soft offenses. I thought that their defensive numbers were a bit puffed up because of that. 
Um, the offense is great, and even with, with even without Melvin Gordon, if he holds out and doesn't play, I think they're fine. I mean, Justin Johnson looked fantastic in the preseason. Austin Eckler is more than capable of 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 taking over the number one running back role, and then Philip Rivers is still an elite passer. So I think they're going to put up their points. Uh, they get Bosa back for a full year now, uh, and he's a, he's a one man wrecking crew out there. So I could see I could see San Diego going in, maybe maybe winning this division and going over. Yeah, I agree. Except that I have to correct it, and we have to call them Los Angeles because I got. Oh, did I call them San Diego? You did. It's funny. I wonder how Ah, long we're going to need. How long we're going to need to do that? It's got to be three or four seasons, right? Because I still do it too, and my producer has yelled at me before. And I I just did. I just did San Diego television before I came (laughs) Uh, on and talked about the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm going to set my my over under on San Diego Chargers at three and a half this entire (laughs) season. So I'm already at one. All right. Well, hopefully, hopefully we can have you back again late in the season and we can talk uh, more and we can just talk about the the San Diego Superchargers and, uh, ah, and that'll be great. <laughs> they'll, always, well, they'll always be the super the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, right? absolutely. I just, as long as they do the powder blue uniforms, I'm uh, I'm okay with it at times. But, uh, <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for today's show. Jason, I, I know how busy you are. You were just on TV right before you came on the show, so I really appreciate you taking the time to talk a little football with me today. I hope we can do it again during the season. Yeah, no, happy to do it. Anytime you guys want to chat, man, I'm here. All right, great. And I do want to remind everyone about play mgm where you can place your first wager of up to a hundred dollars risk-free and to remind everyone about our christian mccaffrey helmet giveaway just leave a review for the show on itunes or stitcher and screenshot it to contest at bettingpros.com thanks for joining us today we will be back next week with some more betting advice for the upcoming nfl season i'll talk to you then